going, everybody? We welcome you to episode 73 here on Hawaii Football Now. Big mahalo to our sponsors, Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. Jordan Helley, Hunter Hughes, back with you. We record this Wednesday, January 18th at 7 a.m. Hawaii time. All set to release this tomorrow, Thursday, January 19th, as we are marching right through the month of January. The traditional signing day is not that far off. There is uh, a lot more news coming our way uh, here shortly, I would imagine, uh, as we've already seen uh, some recent verbal commitments uh, that uh, have committed to signing on February 1st, uh, some of them obviously for the University of Hawaii. And we'll get into that as we go throughout the show as well. Uh, as part of our quick opening drive, wanted to give a shout out to our guy, Jonathan Salvador, who joins us as our producer, uh, taking over for our boy, Jaron, who is uh, still involved, but doing uh, some other things as well for ESPN Honolulu. So we wanted to welcome Jonathan uh, to the squad, if you will, uh, as he is uh, very ably taking over and um, keeping us uh, in line because, mm-hmm. well, we, we, we need it. We need we all need- the, the we need all the handholding we can get here on the pod so uh shouts to jonathan for for jumping on board uh and one other note before we get into the meat of the podcast uh tomorrow january 20th if you will so two days from now but one day after we release this thing uh is the rsvp deadline if you are interested uh nakoa is putting on an event wednesday february 1st that is the traditional signing day it'll be in the evening i believe 5 p.m is the start time uh, it is a National Letter of Intent Signing Day dinner. Uh, it'll be at the Sheraton Waikiki, one of their ballrooms there, the Lanai Ballroom. Again, this is being put on by Nakoa. Um, you can RSVP via uh, Eventbrite deal. I would say the easiest way is to kind of just Google Nakoa or go on Twitter, their, their Twitter um, account, and uh, they got a link to the to the RSVP page. But it's pretty cool. It's uh, like tables of 10. Um you can you can get a table of ten, or you can get a table of nine with one of the coaches uh, that'll sit at your table. There are also uh, going to be a, a handful of signees joining the the dinner as well. Uh, it's a fundraiser, obviously. Uh, proceeds benefiting uh, the Rainbow Warrior football program, helping with summer school recruiting, cost of attendance, and other program needs not met by the athletic budget. But just wanted to put that on everybody's radar. Uh, if you feel so inclined. It uh, should be pretty cool. You can contact Jennifer at jennifer at org as well um, for more information. Uh, but it's a pretty cool thing, uh, I would say, Hunter, uh, to get uh, a chance to to kind of break some bread with not just the coaches, but uh, some of the the future Warriors who uh, come February 1st uh, officially will be part of the Brotherhood. And that's that's kind of what they're calling Brotherhood 2023, kicking this thing off. Uh, as you can have a, a pretty cool conversation, talk story. Uh, with Coach Chang, a lot of the members of the staff, some of the the, the new recruits, uh, and uh, get the folks excited as uh, February is going to be a big month. We already mentioned last week that uh, spring practices will be starting a little bit early due to some of the, the the construction there on lower campus later on in the spring and into the summer. So it's a nice way to kick off uh, kind of the spring session, if you will. Oh, absolutely. Um, with you know, this new era that Timmy Chang ushers in, that uh, they continue to come up with creative ideas of incorporating our ohana of the greater University of Hawaii um, uh, support system, if you will, on the island. And obviously, Nakoa is a huge uh, part to that that allows for donations and 
uh, help and resources to come to the football program. They've always done a phenomenal job supporting us. But uh, yeah, bringing in, um, you know, something like this to allow for recruits to shake hands with business owners, leaders in the community, see what it means to be a University of Hawaii football player and why it's so special. Um, I, you know, part of our New Year's resolution, Jordan, was getting uh, some name, image, and likeness uh, contracts signed for some of our football guys. And um, anytime you get business owners and uh, football players in the same room, um, they, they start, you know, just ideas start swirling of what they could potentially do together. So this is a huge win-win um, for multiple uh, multiple areas. Business owners win just uh, getting to shake hands with uh, uh, future great University of Hawaii football players. Coaches win with kind of bridging the gap there, and then future players win as well um, in that networking kind of an idea. So uh, big thumbs up from me as a, as a former player, and um, hope it goes well for them. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's a, a really good opportunity for everybody involved, uh, a chance to to talk some NIL on NLI day. Uh, yes. A whole lot of acronyms. It's like the NBD. Department of Education. Yeah, no it's, it's, for those out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so again, this is Wednesday, February 1st, uh, basically just a couple of weeks away um, at the Sheraton Waikiki Again, uh, through any of Nakoa's uh, social media handles or anything like that, you can get the link to it. Again, you can email Jennifer as well at jennifer at koaonuenue.org. Um, should be a pretty cool event. And the RSVP deadline is this Friday, January 20th. So tomorrow, if you're listening to the pod on the day we release it, so a chance at least to, to maybe get a last minute uh, spot at one of the tables there. All right, as we transition into the game time, a good chance to remind everybody that Hawaii football now is brought to you by Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union. As Hawaii's largest credit union, they are committed to serving individuals and businesses through its 14 branch locations statewide and convenient digital banking services as well. As a leader in providing support for the islands, Hawaii USA is committed to strengthening Hawaii's financial wellness and sharing successes with members, local businesses, and the greater community as well. Visit HawaiiUSAFCU.com for more information. All right, game time here on episode 73. Last week, we got into the news that Coach Chang has basically committed to the run and shoot as the offense of this program. We also discussed a little bit about David Matlin announcing his retirement effective basically end of the semester. Once they head into summer, it'll be this June. Uh, so we'll expand a little bit on some of those thoughts, kind of the, kind of the nuts and the bolts. Uh, last week, but we did want to have a little bit more of a general discussion, right? Because I think a lot of people asking, you know, what what is this going to look like for the University of Hawaii, right? It's it's the catchphrase, it's the title of an offense, it is what they put on T-shirts. Uh, it's a state of mind, it's a state of well-being, uh, it's the run and shoot, right? And so we've fortunate enough on this pod to have a guy who played in the system. Uh, at least a version of it under Nick Rolovich during his time at the University of Hawaii as the head coach. Uh, and so we we figured, you know, it, it, it early on, good chance to talk about it, right? Like, what, is, what does that look like? Uh, and our guy Hunter Hughes here from a quarterback at the University of Hawaii. Uh, no better person to ask than somebody that's got a pretty intimate knowledge 
of this offense. And, and we talked a little bit about it last week, right? It'll be Coach Chang taking over the play calling duties. Uh, they have named in Shoemaker, offensive coordinator last year, and Roman Suppold, the offensive line coaches, co-offensive coordinators who will assist in game planning, as usually all the position coaches do. But those guys will kind of have a lead role there. And then Coach Chang um, will take over the play calling duties. He said the playbook is about 70% done. Uh, he knows the run and shoot. It's what he's comfortable in. He played it in high school. He played it in college. Uh, and so he says that uh, they've got a pretty good staff there. Uh, he is not averse to incorporating a tight end, um, which would be a little bit different look than the offenses that he played in back in the day. Um, he sees a lot of value in Coach Shoemaker, uh, who's not a run and shoot guy, kind of, you know, expanding his his vision, if you will, kind of seeing some of his blind spots, I believe is how Coach Chang called it, um, and a chance for them to collaborate and think outside this the, the traditional run-and-shoot box, if you will, although yeah. the run-and-shoot is kind of an offense that that very much has obliterated the box over the years, uh, <laughs> the proverbial box. And so I, I guess for you, Hunter, you know, what in your mind does this look like? Um, you know, just some general overview, I guess, of of the run-and-shoot when when people throw around that that moniker what what really is it uh in your experience sure yeah uh without getting too complicated the run and shoot gives you options um most offenses um go play to play in that they offer plays that are designed to beat a certain kind of defense usually one is catered for a man defense and then the other one is catered for a zone defense those are usually the two kinds of defensive looks you're going to see as an offense but the cool thing with the run and shoot is every single play offers the ability to attack both man-to-man and zone and so if you go back and watch film of Timmy Chang Nick Rolovich obviously the late great Colt Brennan whenever they drop back they will look to one side of the field and then they will quickly look to the other side of the field. And what happened right there was they are confirming the coverage on the first look. And then they are jumping back to the other side of the field because that's where the route that beats that certain type of a defense is happening. It's on the other side of the field. Otherwise they'll stay on that side of the field and hit their first look. And so um, this provides a lot of options for uh, receivers, uh, ath- athletes that are maybe undersized, that maybe don't get opportunities elsewhere. We've talked about that a number of times on this podcast, why, um, from a strategic standpoint, why it makes sense for Hawaii, um, from a, um, a recruiting and a marketing standpoint to bring guys in because they can do better in a system like this without maybe having the standard skill set that Power 5 schools uh, have with the the four stars the five star kind of guys um at a more intricate level the route running allows for versatility and changing routes on the fly and so if uh, a defense drops back into cover two but um at the line of scrimmage everybody thought that it was cover four again that's another type of a defense not trying to get too complicated here the running, I mean, the uh, the receivers can actually adjust their routes in flow, in chemistry with the quarterback, and the route looks completely different than how it even started out. So 
when everybody is sinking, when everybody is in flow and in understanding, the run and shoot is stinking difficult to uh, to defend because it's it's like a, a Rubik's cube that moves every single time you snap the football. It's incredibly exciting to play under um, for quarterbacks. I mean, you're that, that that's kind of what Hawaii was known for in the the early 2000s was throwing the ball around at least 50 attempts a game. Um, who wouldn't want to come receive in that system, throw footballs in that system? Um, it's proved successful for us in the past. And uh, one other thing, um, Jordan, the other patented thing in the run and shoot that we'll see is that kind of um, um, that drop back that flows to one side of the offensive line. Uh, you know, Timmy Chang, um, Colt Brennan would flow to, you know, almost extremely to one side of the field. And that's because the offensive line is very unique in the run and shoot as well, where they will completely eliminate one side of the field and the coverage moves with the quarterback to one side to allow them the most time to let the ball fly down the field. So really, really fun. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone home is a little more educated on the run and shoot now. Yeah, I, I always liken it to kind of always having the answers right to the test, That's right. Um, even if the questions get changed post-snap, pre-snap, mid-snap, um, always having the answers. Uh, and and if if you run it right, right, that's yeah. that's kind of the the name of the game. What what do you think is probably it? it and I, I, I like that you bring up that it can be like a great equalizer, right? You don't have to be the biggest guy. You don't have to be the fastest guy. Uh, you don't have to be the strongest receiver, but there is a there is a spot for you in the offense. I mean, you think of some of the great receivers, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Some of the guys in the slot that just excellent route runners. Um, some of the wideouts that we've had aren't your prototypical like six two, six four guys. Um, you don't you don't have to be all that big, you know, JoJo Ward um, yeah. and the the immense amount of success that he had. Ursua, John Ursua, right? Uh, so that this this should be pretty fun, and I think uh, an attractive offense for a variety. It doesn't hurt to be six four and run right. a four five four four, you know, but you don't have to, uh, which I think is the cool part. Yeah, of all of this. Uh, Go ahead. Just the uh, the threat of what these route schemes offer. It really puts those outside linebackers in the secondary in a tough position where they have to kind of soften things up. They. Uh, they can't commit super early. And what that allows is the running game to really be prolific as well. Because if you get the front uh, box covered up and, and blocked up, you can run the ball very well too, because the passing game opens up the running game and vice versa. So it becomes a very uh, unique, balanced offensive attack from, um, from a big perspective. Yeah, and, and that's that's the thing. We've seen some really, really successful running backs as well um, in this offense. What what do you, what do you, what do you foresee as kind of the biggest challenge or biggest challenges for Coach Chang in 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 installing this thing? And, and we're used to you know nineteen ninety nine, the first year of the run and shoot, and, and they completely right flipped the script and they were able to put up points. Um, Nick Rolovich, the first year that they kind of committed to going to the run and shoot, very successful season uh, there as well. Uh, and so this this kind of a third reboot, if you will. Um, and it's not always that easy, right? It's not it's not like it's just, hey, here's the playbook. This is going to automatically work. But what, what do you think are some of the bigger challenges 
um, in making this transition? Number one is education, getting uh, all the players up to speed on a new brand of football that they haven't been taught. Um, that's why it's super advantageous if this is going to be our offensive scheme from henceforth is recruiting locally here in Hawaii because they've been taught it from a very young age. Uh, specifically, St. Louis School has been running this for a number of years, and that quarterback pedigree has run that system for so long. And so they're able to identify coverages that much faster, make decisions quicker. Um, receivers that play in that system uh, are able to do the exact same thing. I'll, I'll just speak from experience. Uh, Rolo first started incorporating route schemes from the run and shoot in 2016. That would have been my junior year. Cole McDonald was a brand new freshman at that time. And it took us all the way into his junior year, 2019, for them to be pumping on all cylinders. It takes time in the system. It takes reps, not only throwing the uh, the routes, um, but making those adjustments on the fly and trusting that your receivers, tight end slots, outside wide, wide receivers are making those same reads um, correctly. Um, I wonder too about uh, the coaching staff. Um, outside of Coach Demi Chang, we haven't had a lot of offensive coaches in this system be able to run or have you know experience in the run and shoot in the past. Um, we've had Coach Shoemaker on the show. He's incredibly smart from a football IQ perspective. I have no doubt he'll be able to grab onto this. But it is a kind of a steep learning curve, Jordan. So that's one of the first things that comes to mind in our um, adaptation of this. And uh, But um, it's kind of on brand with who we are. And for the sake of all these guys taking what the run and shoot can give them, more yards, more receptions, more points on the board, it's worth the sacrifice to kind of learn a new brand of football. Yeah, I'm with you. That's the name of the game, right? Put points on the board. Uh, win football games be yeah. exciting um, and so at the end of the day the that's the hope a more productive offense uh, an offense that leads to more wins uh, at, at the end of the day uh, I'm excited for it I, I think this oh, is yeah. this is the identity that the University of Hawaii needs uh, it needs to have a distinct identity a distinct offense in my opinion um, speaking of distinct you know I think you've kind of touched on this a little bit but you know what wrinkles do you anticipate seeing because as we talked about it's not like all run and shoot offenses are are the same uh the version that mouse davis cooked up decades ago you know it's evolved um june jones has said it himself over time uh who by the way is the offensive coordinator for the seattle dragons now uh in the in the xfl uh and he has even said ahead of this latest gig like he's got a he's got a on constantly every year you gotta you gotta you got to change things up a little bit. You, you can't just rely on. And so he's gone through some some different iterations and, and some transformations. You know, we, we we talked about the the Rolo era, right? There was a, the heavy dose of RPO run pass option yes. uh, that worked brilliantly well. Uh, I don't know how many balls John Ursua caught just running seams down the middle um, yeah. on those RPOs. But, you know, the, the, the Rolo, Stutz, Smith, you know, Brian Smith, Greg Stutzman, uh, version of the run and shoot that that was a big big component like that was a staple of their offense so uh, I don't know what what and wrinkles do you kind of anticipate seeing um with 
with this Timmy Chang version of of what he envisions? Yeah, you cater an offense to the skill set that you have already, the the um the tools, if you will, um that are already in place. And so I look at our offense from this past year and you know who's coming back who are our assets obviously right off the top of my head is Tylen Hines um he's going to be phenomenal for us in the running game uh we've we saw later in the year too his ability to catch balls out of the backfield um you and I kind of nudged each other joking about what would it be like to put him in the slot um just cuz he's an athlete get him the ball and maybe some tunnel screens um that provides us options um we have a lot of receivers coming back in uh, in this next in this next season. That's we're not really reliant on recruiting or the transfer portal to fill out our starting lineup at wide receivers. So it's going to be interesting to see where some of these pieces are implemented. And you know, Coach Timmy is still wanting to use the tight ends that are on our roster in some capacity. So you can kind of see him. Uh, in those comments already, the the wheels are kind of spinning on how do we incorporate the skill guys that we have to help uh, make this offense successful. Now, there's bread and butter concepts in the run and shoot that just help you be successful. Um, one of them being kind of a smash concept and that being a sit on the outside and then a corner over the top. Now, that puts the defense in a very difficult position. And I bring that up as kind of a bread and butter concept for us because it allows for quarterbacks to get the ball out of their hands and take that five yard hitch right off the bat. Um, it's an easy completion. It's five quick yards and you get the ball in a playmaker's hand to make him go one-on-one -on -one with a DB in open field. He might even break that tackle and we're off to the races. So there are certain bread and butter concepts in the run and shoot that allow it to kind of easily pick up some momentum on an offensive drive. Yeah, it's it, it, I, the tight end kind of intrigues me how how they plan on incorporating that into this offense and and seeing some and of those we wrinkles. We had tight ends. Sorry, um, we, yeah, we had tight ends. We had uh, uh, Dakota Torres uh, from Punahou. And then uh, Tui Unga, who was fantastic for us in the passing attack. So it can be done. Um, it may not be prototypical run and shoot from what we saw in the early 2000s, but a version of it is definitely out there. Yeah, versatility isn't bad, right, for for an yeah. offense, for a player. Uh, that should be pretty fun. All right. Uh, uh, we will, I'm sure, talk much more about this offense as we go, especially once we get a look at it during spring practice. Um, coming up very shortly within the next month or so. Uh, so that'll be a fun way to kind of look at things. We talked about the athletic director search. Um, we haven't heard much on a successor. It, it's still fairly early. Um, we asked you last week for, for some names or whatnot. Uh, they're pretty much the, I think, the the two names that I've heard the most. And again, this is just wish list type stuff from people. I don't, I don't, we're not reporting anything here. Um, but, uh, like our guy, Kaika on Facebook, he, he threw June Jones's name in there. Uh, there were a lot of June Jones mentions, <laughs> understandably. So I think Keith Amamiya, another one, uh, former HHSA Hawaii high school athletic association executive director. He's made some, some, uh, some forays into local politics as well here over the last couple of election cycles. He's a very knowledgeable 
uh, guy when it comes to sports and a really, really good businessman as well uh, from his time in that sector. Uh, so we'll, we'll 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 have some further time, I think, to discuss the athletic director position going forward. Um, but as always, feel free to, to drop us a line uh, as we kind of will table this conversation uh, until some further dates when when maybe we hear a little bit more of 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 what's going on with the processing and it is still fairly early they got to post the thing it's a it's a state position we all know how that goes um it's not just like they can pick somebody right away uh they got to go take applications but what what you would like to see in the athletic director position particularly as it relates to the relates to the football program obviously from our angle here on the Hawaii football now podcast and it'd be kind of interesting to see what names people come up with and I think what they would like to see, um, I, I would just say this at this moment in time, uh, before we move on and hit the halftime break here, uh, I, I think it's got to be somebody with a pretty intimate knowledge of how things work around here. Basically the same thing we talked about with the head coach hire. Like they got to understand how dysfunctional um, things are, yes. <laughs> for lack of a better way, a nicer way to put it. It's difficult. You got to understand the, the, the politics involved, the structures involved, um, all of that. Uh, because it's just it's just such a, such a steep learning curve. So I think it's got to be somebody who's got a pretty good knowledge. Uh, as much as I would love to go, you know, pluck somebody from a big athletic program someplace on the mainland or whatnot that may have a ton of experience, I think you gotta have a pretty good knowledge of Hawaii. So that's uh, that's my two cents. And and again, this will be something that we discuss at length. But uh, anything from you, Hunter, before we uh, before we turn the page and hit the halftime. Yeah, I think it goes without saying on this podcast that we cannot take another L like what we experienced in the Todd Graham era, just with someone not understanding um, cultural implications of their actions. Um, and it, it it's kind of one of those things. Todd Graham won football games. But uh, as, as we see uh, in hindsight, winning football games isn't everything here in Hawaii. And... Uh, yeah, that that's a that's a challenging position being the athletic director for University of Hawaii with uh, all of the um, kind of you know bowing and honoring that you must do and do it with grace, uh, but make sure the athletic programs are successful. Um, but I think that was a lesson that hopefully, as an institution, we don't have to learn again. I think that's a no brainer. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. All right, uh, we'll get into some of the news items in the second half, as well as dive into your comments that uh, you were kind enough to drop us on our different platforms as well from the listeners. Uh, but before we head into that, I know, Hunter, um, we got uh, call the coach. It's it's baseball season here coming up real soon. Volleyball is already underway. The spring sports are uh, the rest of them are, are right on the horizon. Uh, and we've got uh, Coach Rich Hill joining uh, joining the, the call the coach show uh, here coming up pretty soon, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Attention UH alum. Baseball season is right around the corner. Join UH alumni relations for a meet the coach event featuring Rich Hill, head coach for the UH Rainbow Warrior football uh, baseball team. Correct me. Um, team on Thursday, January 19th at Beer Lab on University Avenue. Learn more about the team, get pumped for the upcoming season and enjoy drinks from Beer Lab and food from Hamada General Store. Help us kick off the 2023 baseball season. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit uhalumni.org. More in the second half coming right up. This is Hawaii Football Now from ESPN Honolulu. All right, second half time here on episode 73. Jordan Hunter back with you. 
Uh, fun conversation there on the intricacies of the run and shoot. Uh, little update, not much to report on the athletic director search in the first half as well. Let's get into some of the news and notes. Um, Middleani defensive back, formerly of Pac-5. Uh, Ezekiel Rodriguez has a verbal to the University of Hawaii. Um, he will be another local boy signee joining on as well. Again, February 1st is that signing day coming up. He's a pretty exciting guy, I think. Uh, second Milani defensive back as well as to be part of this recruiting class. Um, he did everything. Uh, he played like quarterback, running back, defensive back uh, at Pac-5 before making the transfer over to Milani, much bigger program. Uh, and really excelled there uh, as a defensive back. I, I think that is pretty exciting. Again, uh, anytime uh, a defensive back signs on with the University of Hawaii, um, I usually uh, have high hopes because uh, Coach A. Bellamimian's got usually a pretty good eye for talent when it comes to that position group. Uh, he is playing in the Polynesian Bowl this Friday, as is University of Hawaii signee quarterback John Kiave Sangapolutele. Uh, that's being aired on the NFL Network, I believe it is this year. Uh, so pretty cool for that. Uh, it's up at Kamehameha Schools once again for the second year in a row. We know the whole Aloha Stadium thing. Um, but I think it's pretty cool being played there on that campus. The the special nature, obviously, that Kamehameha Schools have um, within the Polynesian community. A um, little easier to fill up that. And the, the view is just obviously um, spectacular. Uh, so that'll be pretty cool this Friday. you got a lot of the big dogs in town. Um, some really, really highly rated recruits. Um, at the Polynesian Bowl, the game just continues to get better and better from a, an overall talent standpoint. Uh, and so, but uh, for UH, uh, I think uh, a, a solid prospect in Rodrigues and, and another guy that they they keep home, which I think is a is a is a fairly big deal. Yeah, no. It, anytime you get local boys that are uh, being given an offer at UH, um, you never know with guys coming out of high school just how high their ceiling is um it all goes hand in hand with the projections of how big and athletic and strong they will be whenever they're actually playing at university of hawaii um but uh just giving guys the option it it's exciting to see they have what it takes at that level um we're investing and believing in them and uh it's it's how we play the game. It's it's how we need to play the game moving forward. Just casting those nets, giving opportunities where we see fit um, to successful guys at the high school level here in Hawaii. So nothing but the best for Ezekiel. Um, I was on the call earlier this year uh, for a Mililani game and saw um, Coach uh, Jacob Yoro, our DC, kind of um, prowling the uh, the sideline, <laughs> looking on the field. So. It's cool to see one of uh, his grabs. It looks like from uh, from efforts like that. It's it's cool to see. Yeah, it really is. And that Milani team uh, always continues to play a really really tough schedule. Uh, Would they play Mission Viejo this year and uh, went up and played? Um, uh, not Bosco. They played uh, another one of those California powerhouses yeah. on the road as well. So he's gotten a lot of of really good experience there. Uh, speaking of defensive backs. University of Hawaii uh, freshman Peter Manuma, uh, Campbell graduate, a local boy, uh, named first team freshman All-American by The Athletic, which is a pretty big deal. Um, it, it's pretty cool because uh, I, I think obviously Peter's story, right, um, uh, with, with how well he played when he was fully healthy out there, obviously, you know, 
losing a loved one over the course of the season as well. We talked about this on earlier podcast, but, but just everything that he went through uh, yeah. and then to go out there and, um, and be recognized, I think well-deserved because the, the dude was a wrecking ball at times um, in the passing uh, in past defense, as well as uh, kind of getting into the backfield, his versatility. I'm really excited to see uh, as he continues getting better and better in this program. Yeah. It, his performance was um, really unexpected, Jordan, kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, our defense was forced to do what they could, albeit a lot of injuries in the secondary. And Peter Monoma just kind of came out of nowhere and was prolific for us at that in that secondary uh, position. And uh, it never hurts with a Polynesian school like University of Hawaii to have that Troy Palomalu hair. Uh, bouncing around it uh, just helps enforce the brand so uh, yeah nothing but the best for uh, Peter Monoma as he continues his UH career yeah and the other thing uh, on this this defensive team it's like Illinois Georgia Kentucky Ohio State LSU Penn State Notre Dame Michigan Georgia Um, there's a linebacker Trey Moore uh, from Utah uh, UTSA Texas San Antonio and then there's Toy Um, which I think is pretty cool which I, I think is pretty cool. It's like, well, these are all really, really, really big schools, uh, including Georgia, Michigan, uh, Ohio State, that all made the playoff. I bet. Uh, and then there's then there's freshmen, Hawaii. Then there's Hawaii. I, yeah, I bet a lot of those freshmen have stars next to their name too, coming out of high school. Oh, I'm so, sure. I'm yeah, sure. Is, that's an elite list to be a part of. Yeah, and and I think recognizes his productivity, right? I mean. This guy, this guy really got after it. Um, and, and I think big things, I think big things ahead for him. Uh, and we talk about versatility. That's that's going to be a big uh, hallmark, I think, of, of Manuma's game um, as as they, uh, you know, figure out exactly how best to use him uh, in this Jake Yoro defense. All right. Uh, another transfer news, Cameron Cooper, who we already mentioned, had entered the portal. He's found a home, uh, Southeastern Louisiana FCS school. Uh, Lions went nine and four last year, made it to the second round of the FCS playoffs, uh, beat Idaho, and then lost to Samford. I think it was uh, in the second round of the one AA playoffs. There, so a chance for for Cam and Cooper maybe to uh, to slide into the lineup there at a at a pretty good program as well. Yeah, um, you know it's it's unfortunate, uh, especially at the QB position. I think we pay a little more closer attention whenever we sign guys like. What could they do for us? Um, it's always unfortunate when it just doesn't pan out uh, quite like we hoped to maybe last year this time. But uh, nothing but the best for Cam and Cooper. The guy can run, man. Uh, was down there at practice, and obviously we saw him in games and kind of a uh, read option style of um, being used. And so um, long, lanky, grasshopper legs. Um, wish him nothing but mm-hmm. the best down in uh, the, the bayou, southeastern Louisiana. It's going to get going to get interesting down there for him yeah he'll be used to the humidity yeah that's for sure uh after his time i have no idea what kind of offense southeastern louisiana runs but uh, i do know that they were quite successful last year out of the southland conference there in the fcs all right some of the comments uh that you've been able to drop us uh over time uh speaking of the athletic director uh position we mentioned uh, our guy kaika on facebook where they vote for june jones our guy al from va on YouTube, always shout out to Al, uh, who is a prolific commenter on the YouTube pages. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. and boy, do we appreciate it. Um, also, 
a vote for June Jones um, going forward. Uh, his, his UH administration, quote, make things right. Hire June Jones to replace A.D. Matlin. Um, and look, it, we kind of touched on this in the first half, but it, I, I think it's everybody could have predicted this, right, that there would be a lot of calls for June uh, to be the athletic director. I have no idea if he is even interested. Uh, we know that things kind of soured uh, with, with the last go around um, in the, the conversations between the university and June. I, I think he's enjoying uh, his current setup and and um, living a, a really, really good life and a chance to go into the XFL once again. And I got to imagine it's going to go pretty well there um, up in Seattle. That that guy can coach. Um, but, he, but he did have a, a, a heavy voice, right, <clears throat> during his time. I mean, a lot of the athletic department changes, the nickname, the the logo, um, the that a lot a lot of that had to do with June, even though he was quote unquote just the football coach. So, look, he's a, he's a guy with a very very smart mind when it comes to branding, when it comes to marketing, when it comes oh, yeah. to the business side of things. To go along with you know a, a very very uh, successful track record as a as a football coach on the field as well. So, yeah, no, I I I, I I'm not surprised at all that uh, his name, at least on our platforms for our show, uh, has been the most commonly mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would be shocked, Jordan. I would be utterly shocked if he were to take this job. Uh, yeah, me too. Of, me too. A little bit of inside, uh, you know, knowledge here. Coach Jones plays golf about five to six days a week. Um, and, of those five to six days, every single one of them, he plays without his shoes on. The guy plays golf barefoot. Um, I, I bring all that up just to say he is fully enjoying retirement. <laughs> the uh, the only time that he seems to uh, take a call to get out of retirement is to score more touchdowns from an offensive coordinator perspective. Um, he loves football. I'm not sure if he loves all athletics in that same capacity. And I feel like if you're going to be an athletic director and put up with the nonsense that comes with the, uh, the chair of um, head athletic director at a school like university of Hawaii, you got to be able to put up with some stuff. And I, uh, I don't know if he's uh, going to put the shoes on just yet. So I'd, uh, I'd be shocked. Yeah, no, uh, he, 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 he loves the links. Um, it's it's Don Nelson uh, who lives here on Maui, uh, former mm. longtime NBA head coach, also big uh, a barefoot golfer guy. Uh, and why the heck not, right? Um, when you, I'm when not you, a big when, fan. I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I, I think I, it's I think it's you know it's it's a feel thing, like it's a mindset. It is. I, the, the top of my feet get too easily sunburned, and yeah, it's a, it's a lot of a lot of sunburn. You got to make sure the toes are taken care of. Bro, that's not a good time, man. When when the top of the feet are are, are stinking red, so I don't know if he's ready to uh, give that life up yet. No, nah, no, nah, I don't think so. Um, some of the other comments in here, uh, getting into the 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 offensive change, right? Um, Al from VA, I think, rightly points out that uh, run and shoot is a player's offense. They get to make the decisions, and and Hunter, you talked about this. Uh, in the first half, and it really is. Uh, it is a very empowering offense for everybody involved. Uh, as you know, you were given a lot of tools. As as I liken to having answers to a test that 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 could change at any moment. 
but it does give the offensive players a lot of freedom uh, to go ahead and make those decisions and those reads and, and be right often. Uh, I, I do think it is quite an empowering offense. Totally. Uh, Al, couldn't have said it any better myself, man. Uh, this, along with uh, the way we play football, is our one of our strongest marketing uh, items in getting guys to come and play at UH. So um, I'm curious, you know, we, we've talked about this in the past in this new era of transfer portal. If we don't get guys that have left the islands to go play elsewhere and keeping that open door policy at UH, how many guys choose to come home and want to play in this? Give it one halfway decently successful season, put up a lot of yards from a um, quarterback perspective, wide receiver perspective. We're going to get some guys that want to come home and be a part of this because who wouldn't want to come play for Coach Timmy Chang in the run and shoot offense at UH? If you're familiar with that um, that marketing pitch or that uh, sort of vibe that anyone who grew up in Hawaii like knows the, the the prowess of someone like Timmy Chang and what he was able to do under that system, we're going to get some guys that want to come home. Yeah, there's 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 that kind of built-in gravitas, right, when it comes yeah. to to having Coach Chang as the head coach and now running an offense that that I think a lot of people are familiar with. Um, James, uh, on YouTube, uh, expressed, uh, a lot of confidence saying Timmy will do fine installing it as he grew up with it, ran it under, uh, June Jones, um, Al kind of saying, you know, a little apprehension to the fact that you've got co-offensive coordinators and coach Timmy Chang calling the plays. I think a lot of that is, is kind of on paper and, and the structure of things, but I do say if it's the head coach calling the plays, right, the, the buck ultimately stops with him. And, and if that's kind of a clear um, clear setup for the offensive brain trust, I think it'll work work just fine because of, um, you know, the the guy at the top of the pyramid, if you will, uh, being the head coach. That it, it kind of, Things kind of fall into place naturally. June did the same thing. Rolo did the same thing. You have those guys in place to identify defensive looks, say what might work here or there. Um, but when push came to shove, two-minute drill, Rolo took over on the headset and called everything. So it it kind of requires one guy um, with a quarterback-esque mindset. I, I'm not saying that you can't do that if you weren't a quarterback, but it helps you can kind of see um, what you would like to see out there um, and and – call plays accordingly. So I don't have any problem with this. Uh, when you are the the head coach, you need to kind of be the CEO at times. And uh, my, my word is final. And so um, I'm a fan of that. I think football is one of those things that works best in kind of pseudo dictatorship style of a leadership style um, from top down, if we're going to look at the organization, but um I, I'm not saying Timmy's a dictator or anything like that. Please don't quote me on that. I'm just saying it helps when one guy has more of the responsibility. Yeah, it, it you need you need that uh, clear understanding. I think right. Yeah, and and, and I, I think that will be there. Uh, I, I'm pretty confident in that. Um, you got uh, some suggestions from Al. Uh, Want to see Mouse Davis involved? Like uh, Rolo brought him back in. Mouse is like always around uh, and always uh, offering up some advice. And and, and we know that um, you know Timmy has been able to kind of tap into some of his mentors 
uh, for some direction over time. So it's it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I think people and we, we you know as we mentioned we've gotten a ton of comments uh, on the offense and, and how that is going to look like. Uh, some other Al recommendations. I love these, by the way. Um, yeah. Chad Owens as uh, Eddie uh, Nikita's personal coach uh, to get him ready, uh, get him get him intri- um, indoctrinated in, in the run and shoot. Uh, I think that's great. Uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, Chad Owens not part of the actual staff uh, uh, there. Uh, and then um, Al, we mentioned from VA. Uh, is asking for a football camp uh, in the DMV, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. Uh, as he, and he points out to everybody who still remembers Nady Lala from North Stafford High School here in Northern Virginia. Uh, he says, come run a camp out here. I, I'm, all, I'm all for it, man. There is a lot of talent in that DMV area. Uh, so that, that that's pretty funny there. Uh, I like that a lot. Um, Scott uh, also mentioning uh, after the college football playoff wrapped up last week, he said all the teams should be conference champions uh, I kind of agree there. Uh, I like that a bit. Uh, although we had two non-conference champions of the four in the college football playoff, but he said, "Hey, the the twelve-team playoffs going to bring with it a new era." There. Um, one other thing uh, that that came up in the comments, uh, especially with the University of Hawaii news of the the offensive transition, how it's going to look. Um, actually, Al brought this up that I hadn't realized, or at least I had forgotten, that UNLV has hired Bobby Petrino, by the way, to be their offensive coordinator. Um, I think a lot of football fans are familiar with the Bobby Petrino saga of his time, right, at Louisville, at Arkansas, with the Falcons for 11 games or whatever it was, <clears throat> back to Louisville, or, or back to, or what was it, to, to Arkansas eventually, the, the whole scandal, uh, back to Louisville, was ousted at Louisville because of another scandal, uh, ended up at, what was it, Western Kentucky or whatever it was um, at some point. I'm, I'm probably getting my timeline mixed up. But those are all the different stops. Um, and and I guess, you know, they're bringing him into to UNLV. Um, the the dude can coach offense uh, and has, has very much put up points everywhere he's gone, basically, in the college ranks. Uh, so that'll be kind of interesting to see if, if that'll be a um, – a good hire for, for coach Odom there at UNLV, but uh, some, some intriguing things from the two teams that finished in the bottom half of the West division. Although we're going away from divisions here in the mountain West conference, uh, this will be uh, a rivalry game that continues on, um, you know, every couple of years for the university of Hawaii. Uh, And that's a big name. That's a big name coming in conference. Yeah. It's always intriguing to me. Whenever you see, you know, scandals and stuff about coaches in the news, it's kind of a big deal at the time. But then it seems like every year um, Coach Urban Meyer is still being tapped for some head coaching job somewhere. It's funny how schools and um, institutions just forget about stuff and just move on. And they're like, we need to win games somehow. And that guy has won games in the past. So let's just give him a shot. You know what I mean? It's it's not quite as big of a deal as uh, maybe um, as what the media might make it out to be. Sometimes the uh, coaches like this still get an opportunity because they know what they're talking about and their off the field antics aren't always um, as important as winning football games. That's just kind of the the nature of what I've observed. I don't know about what, what do you think, Jordan? Yeah, it's, It's big money business and guys with track records that have been successful 
Um, if you're if you win enough football games, people people will look the other way when it comes to when it comes to you know some indiscretions off the field, and that's just kind of the the facts of life. Um, yeah. until you screw up again, then they'll kick you to the curb. They'll go find another guy, right? Hugh Freeze is yeah. uh, back coaching in the SEC uh, <laughs> after after a whole lot of stuff. Um, <clears throat> getting paid handsomely to do it as well at Auburn, which is where yeah. McMarner's on his Nick way Martin. to, as we yeah. talked about last week on the pod. One last thing uh, before we uh, wrap it up here on the uh, the second half before we head into our, our two minute drill to close things off. I, I love this suggestion recommendation from al uh, he says we got to create a blessment to allah iron man award uh for player commitment to excellence longevity uh and ability to avoid manage injuries i mean that's that that part's kind of hard but i i do love that um and obviously listeners of this pod will be very familiar with blessment and, and the number of games that he played <laughs> over the course of his career and uh just his incredible incredible availability to basically be healthy and ready to go and productive uh over the course of what I'm four plus seasons or whatever it was at the end of the day for him I, I kind of like that I kind of like that uh something that the end of year banquet or something that they can give out the blessment to Allah Ironman award um there there have been a few guys who I think who qualify for that over the years in this program and, and going forward yeah that that in some ways exemplifies to a T what it means to be University of Hawaii football player, tough, resilient, um, accountable, and uh, not afraid, and uh, dependable week in and week out. And Blessman was that for us in uh, the times that he was here at University of Hawaii. So, Al, great, great idea, man. Uh, we'll try to uh, get the word up the uh, the food chain to those who could maybe try to make something like that happen. Yeah, we'll pass we'll pass that up the ladder for sure. All right, uh, big thanks again to everybody for for dropping us your comments. Um, we've got some some topic suggestions as well from you uh, for future episodes here throughout the off season. Please keep those coming our way um, as well. All right, two minute drill time. Uh, congratulations to Paul Johnson, by the way, former University of Hawaii offensive coordinator, um, former. Uh, OC at Navy, uh, long time successful career as the head coach at. Georgia Tech, uh, he's been named to the College Football Hall of Fame um, and, and pretty cool with the Hawaii ties there and, and fun to see some of those old photos, right, uh, on, on, of the time uh, there in the early 90s uh, when he was on staff, Bob Wagner and those guys. Uh, one other thing in, in relation to that, uh, I, I think it was KHON who, who ran the story on it and the fact that Colt Brennan isn't eligible because of these like very specific requirements to be considered for the college football hall of fame because he wasn't a consensus all american at one point um it, it, you got to be like a, a consensus all american or you got to there 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 are these things attached to being all american um that 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 are necessitated for you to be considered uh for coaches you have to have like a certain win percentage uh so there are some guys who kind of fall i think mike leach is like one win either below or above that threshold um but my thing is always like with a lot of hall of fames is like if you can't tell the story of the sport without these guys. And you can't tell the story without a Mike Leach or a Colt Brennan. Um, heck, I remember when ESPN did that 150, uh, uh, 150th year anniversary, they did the, the big, um, you know, kind of um, multi-part program on it. Uh, they had a section on Colt Brennan in that 2017. Like it was a team that captured the imagination. He was a Heisman finalist. 
If you're a Heisman finalist, you should be eligible for the College yes. Football Hall of Fame. Um, the dude went to New York. Uh, he finished fourth, third. He finished pretty high um, that year, and and that's just it's just kind of a shame. Uh, and maybe they should rethink some of those things. Whoever's in the voting committees of these Hall of Fame, you know, induction decisions across sports, it's it's nonsensical sometimes, Jordan, especially now with in the last, you know, 15 years or so, how um, influential social media has become just because you weren't an all American. Maybe that mattered in the fifties, the sixties, the seventies. It doesn't mean you didn't matter in the scope of significance of college football during your time as a, as a player. Um, I, I really like the way that you phrase that about uh, if you can't tell the story without a particular individual, they need consideration. Um, I, I think about in baseball, you know, look at the guys, even in the steroid era, put an asterisk next to their name. They deserve recognition for what they did. Baseballs are very difficult to hit. <laughs> um, so it's, um, it's kind of one of those things where some consideration needs to be put for, um, especially in college football, there've only been a few, you know, maybe off the top of, you know, on, on one hand group of five schools that went deep and uh, had a chance at a national title. Uh, they're the Cinderella's, the um, the stories that you, you love to talk about. And Colt is a big part of that. So, yeah, I, I wonder if uh, we haven't seen the end of, of that just yet. Yeah, Colt was third in the Heisman Trophy voting that year. Third. It's a big That's- deal. That's a big deal. Tebow, that was the year Tebow won it as a yeah. sophomore. Uh, he was clearly, uh, you know, the the guy that year. It was a fairly close race between he and Darren McFadden. That that's who came in second. So like that's that's the two guys Colt is behind uh, yeah. in that. Um, he should he should qualify for the college football hall. But we got to rethink these things, guys. Um, all right, that'll do it for us. Before we head out of here, uh, Hunter, do you want to mention the uh, the meet the coach with uh, with Rich Hill? I want to remind folks of that before we head out. Um, here on episode 73. Yeah. Uh, one last time, uh, this episode will be airing uh, tomorrow on Thursday, the 19th. So tonight, tonight, um, baseball season is right around the corner. Join UH Alumni Relations for a Meet the Coach event featuring Rich Hill, head coach for the UH Rainbow Warrior baseball team on Thursday, January 19th at Beer Lab on University Avenue. Learn more about the team, get pumped for the upcoming season, and enjoy drinks from Beer Lab and food from Hamada General Store. Help us kick off the 2023 baseball season. For more information and how to purchase tickets, visit uhalumni.org. He had me at Beer Lab. Uh, it'll be a pretty fun event. Uh, I think uh, Coach Rich Hill is quite the, quite the character uh, and is doing a really exciting job there with the baseball program. I, I pretty high expectations, I think, for that group. Really good schedule as well. Really tough schedule. Uh, that I think a lot of folks will be pretty pumped about. All right, that'll do it for us here on episode 73. Big thanks to Hunter. I got Jonathan putting this all together, stitching it ready for you uh, as we release this tomorrow. Wrapping things up about 8 a.m. here on a Wednesday morning. Big thanks to Spectrum Mobile and Hawaii USA Federal Credit Union as well. We'll see you next week, everybody, on Hawaii Football Now. Aloha. You've been listening to Hawaii Football Now with Jordan Halley and Hunter Hughes, all from ESPN Honolulu.